Online. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A little pep in our step here today. I saw Trent getting out of his vehicle. First thing he says to me, we made it. We made it. Yes, we did make it. Everybody made it. It's football season. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. A busy, busy week ahead. And we certainly one that we've looked forward to for, for quite some time. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines uh, guest list today, we're going to hear from uh, Dylan Monson about the bottom by the hour, somewhere around 1030 or so. Uh, Matt Campbell met with the media last week. It will get Dylan's uh, thoughts on that. The Ames Tribune, by the way, did a really nice piece uh, on the um, on the upcoming football season, and Dylan will opine on that. At 11.15, our buddy Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, a little NFL segment. Unexpected on a Monday, wasn't planned, but with the news that broke on Saturday night that Andrew Luck is walking away from the game at the age of 29. Good for him for doing so. Thought we'd better have some NFL conversation. And then our buddy Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will join us at 11.30. 11.35, uh, we'll get the latest on the Hawkeyes as they prepare uh, for game week in their own right. Trent Condon is back. Hello. How are you? Good to see you. Congratulations again. Thank and, you. Um, you know, I guess kind of give us well, just uh, the first couple of days as a uh, as a father of a son. Number two, it's uh, a little bit different. Little Is it? Takes a little bit more. I found my patience waning at times with really? Ella. Yeah. Okay. Uh, trying to, you know, placate two kids. Yeah. Proves to be a little bit more different, but it's been great. Uh, Jack's been an awesome little guy. He, we, we've been watching Sports Center every night after <laughs> mom goes to bed for the mm-hmm. first time. So we watch some Sports Center. I've explained a lot to him. We watch Miami and Florida on Saturday night. And then, of course, well, he's a little baby, so he was up late. Absolutely. We watched a lot of Hawaii, Arizona and got to see the, uh, the Cleel Hill touchdown that almost was. Wasn't to end that it. something? How about 49? I don't know his name. And I didn't see the end of it, Trent. Uh, full disclosure, but I say, we saw quite a bit of it. I mean, the, uh, running that kid down, mm-hmm. running Tate down as he was about to score that was a hell of a football game yeah if you bet hawaii you got 11 you got 11 11 11 and a half at some places so uh yeah college football is back you know i'm were you surprised um a lot of people that cover the sport just critical of the uh, of miami and uh, florida they didn't think that you know it's too early these guys aren't ready to play football by then are you kidding me i saw 40 yeah he was he was the biggest voice on it but there were others that uh yeah, he has the the biggest pulpit, I think, yes. with his base at Yahoo Sports. But he was uh, maybe, yeah, he was one of the main ones that did not like this idea and hopes that this is a, a one-off. Well, I, I remember these games growing up, the kickoff classics back in the day, and Iowa played in them a few times. They played Tennessee. I want to say Hartley, like, had a pitch, like, run an option play, and he had a pitch that was, like, intercepted and ran back. It was actually a fumble recovery, hmm. ran back against Tennessee one year. Iowa's played in these games. I love it. 
the teams get to practice a week before. Precisely. And if you believe... Now, I do get 40's point about bringing the kids back from their summer vacation. Sure. The unpaid labor force a, yes, a week yes. early. I, I get that. I do. Uh, I think that's a legitimate point. But, boy, I don't want to see this entrant. No. I, I think this is great. I, I have a feeling when we talk with Zubin tomorrow, I'm going to bring that up with him. Mm-hmm. ESPN, they got to be at the forefront right now of bringing the kickoff classic back. Like we saw, they got a one-year waiver for this game. This isn't something that is already on the dock. Like, we know Alabama every year is going to play a neutral site game. This year's Duke that they're playing in, what, Louisville the year previous. Hopefully we'll see some better ones. But if you're college football, this makes a ton of sense. Huge TV numbers. Mm -hmm. They did. They did a really good number. A great crowd that was on hand there in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Neutral site, teams that care, teams that travel. It was a really cool environment. It was sloppy. Guess what? This week, we're going to see sloppy games on Thursday through Monday of this week in college football. It's week one. There is no preseason. There is no scrimmages against other teams. This is the first time you're going to see other teams, and because of that, you're going to see a lot of sloppiness in week one. And you're you're 100% right. You know what? I don't care. I saw football yes. <laughs> in week no, in week zero, and it's been a long wait, and I, I just don't understand the uh, uh, the blowback that the game is getting right now. It was college football and was on our televisions, mm-hmm. and I don't know about uh, anybody else in the listening audience. But I was in, fully committed, as we will be this week. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun week. We will at some point go on record, you and I will, with uh, how we see this uh, season playing out for both of the uh, the two needle movers, Iowa State and Iowa. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people that are on record now. I saw HawkeyeNation.com mm-hmm. did a recap of a number of the media members in the state. No one is willing to go, I think, uh, any um, worse than 8-4, and four, which kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, we shall see who ends up being proven right or wrong at the end of the day. Uh, it's just an opinion. That's all that it is. The number continues to be up at William Hill, still seven and a half strong. <laughs> and if you have your own opinion, you can now back it legally. Yes. Eight still for Iowa State. Those are the numbers for both those teams. Uh, the Cyhawk number continues to be at four. I looked at that last night. Mm. Jack and I were taking a quick e- a peek <laughs> at things. Of course you were. Yes. And I, I was telling him all about it and had to tell him about how you bet Hawaii late at night. That's how, what, what do you always say? Time to get even or even worse. Right, and that's what we did with uh, with Hawaii late in the evening. So, yeah, the number four, I think that's a fair number. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's one that, it's a coin flip game. It is. It's just, it's at Jack Tricey, give the advantage to Iowa State. We're still three weeks away from that. We got a lot before that. You and I comes to town and a local flavor there. Yeah, tell me about the kid from Lincoln, Trent. You do a high a ton of high school football. Did you see him play? I did. Yeah, I want to say he was young. R- R- remind me of his name. Uh, McElwain. and he okay. was he started as a freshman there. Now he at he the time did at yeah. Lincoln. Well, it's he it's was not like you're starting as a freshman at Valley Dowling. Right. Granted, but still he was little then. He was like mm-hmm. five seven, five eight. But you could tell there he could sling the really? football around as a fourteen year old, yeah. and he progressed through and put up good numbers, but didn't have a ton of help around him there at Lincoln. I was surprised, though. And he's still not a real big guy. We're not talking about... This isn't Nate Stanley. He's not 6'4", Mm -hmm. 230 out there. But a dual-threat quarterback? He can move a little bit, but Mm -hmm. yeah, he's more of that... He's the Eric Sanders type. Remember Eric Sanders with the Panthers? Undersized. Yeah, nice career. Yeah, he really did. If they get Eric Sanders out of him for four years, you and I is going to be very, very happy. But this is a different... How many times in the past, you doing this, you and I, Iowa State... 
Boy, this one could go either way. Yeah, a lot it, of them. It doesn't have that feel. I don't think so either, Trent. I just don't. Um, so how many, I mean, the last high school high school freshman to start, Lanning. Yes, yeah. And that's not exactly a small program. Well, there were only one school at the time Lanning played. They weren't two right. schools. yeah. That was the, his senior year was the last I want. I'm pretty sure that was the last Ankeny Hawk exclusive before they split into two. I'm pretty sure about that. Boyle they played were, a lot as a freshman. Did he? Yes. But he wasn't the... Only guy. Mm-hmm. I think they played two two quarterbacks that season, mm-hmm. and then of course he took the reins as a sophomore. It's tough to do. Yes, it is. It's really tough to do, especially in this league in the CIML and just the depth that you see there. But there's some youngsters that go out there, and, and football is just different. You know, with especially the quarterback position where before it was unheard of. These kids go to so many camps, they throw the football around so much, seven on seven, and on and on and on. Where that learning curve maybe isn't quite as steep as it once was, or maybe it's just coaches are more willing to do it, mm. not as nervous about it. I mean, for years it was, you'll play when you're a senior. You'll right. play varsity football when you're a senior. <laughs> right. Not the case anymore. Numbers have a, something to do with that, but I think it's also the evolution of coaches too. I think you're probably on to something. How about this? We just started the week with football. Oh, how sweet how is, that, is that? Right? Look, we're going to get to the baseball. In fact, we maybe should go there now because it was, um, you know, if you're a Cardinal fan, uh, the Cardinals are sweeping the Rocky. Meanwhile, the Cubs are getting swept by the Nationals. I mean, a perfect weekend for the Redbird fans out there. KXNO's team is back in first place. What are they, two and a half up, I want to say? It right? is two and a half, yep. Two and a half up on the uh, the Cubs who uh, got swept, looked bad a lot of times out there. Um, boy, when Schwarber hit the home run yesterday, Trent, the it up in the eighth inning, uh, two-run Jack Caratini cut it to two, right? Yes. Uh, makes it 5-5. Five, five. I thought, you know what, they're going to be able to pull one out here, but the bullpen once again couldn't pull one out as Chatwood was, um, well, not not the good Chatwood. Right. We've seen that seemingly one good, one bad, one good, one bad. And there was a lot of bad this weekend. Rizzo stunk the joint out on Saturday with the two errors early in the game and running off the field. He didn't know how many outs. I mean, his head wasn't in the game. Yeah. He, you know, the, uh, there's, I don't know who threw in the ball that uh, um, infield um, hit. Yeah, the ball was hitting the infield. Somebody fielded it to him. Out at, out at first, Rizzo starts running back into the, hold on, hold on, Anthony. It's only two out. So if you're the Cubs and this continues to go south, they don't make the playoffs even, let's say. Mm-hmm. Not even, or maybe get to a wild card game and lose it. Right now they are the second wild card, yes. but by the by a hair, about like a game up. They are a game and a half up of the Phillies. Mets are two back. Brewers are two back. Yeah, and then the Giants are after that. And I, yeah, I think probably you can stop at the ones you just I mentioned. Think so. You get to the Brewers. Boy, the Brewers have a big week. Yes, they Cardinals do. to begin the week. Cubs to end the week. Watched That's a lot a of big, them big. late in the afternoon yesterday. They're trying to come back against Arizona, but they won the first two games of that series. Bama Bob was at that game. Oh, yesterday. really? Yeah, Bama did his, uh, his three city two. Well, not two city, but three ballpark tour. Gotcha. Guaranteed right on Friday, and then Wrigley on Saturday, and uh, Miller Park on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it sets up for the Brewers to do it, to win the division. Not not to be a wild card, but to win the division. Feels like they got to be, what, 5-1 and one this week? Got to have a big week. Minimum 4-2. and two. I agree. I mean, they, and, you know, it, 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 that one uh, better not come against the Cardinals. Yeah, they right. They need to beat the Cardinals. They need mm-hmm. to sweep the Cardinals. I'm not sure that they can. No. This is a, just a team that... I don't get the Cardinals, Trent. I, I look at the I look nope. at the rosters, and you, you put those three teams in front, I can take the Brewers roster, the Cubs roster, the Cardinals roster. I might take the, I might take the Cardinals roster last. If the Cubs, though, like I said, get to the wild card, lose... Don't win the division. Yeah. Joe's done. 
What's the offseason outside of that, though? I mean, in, in terms of roster construction, mm. what can be done? Well, I hope they don't change. I, I hope they don't move Schwarber. I, I don't. I've, I've, um, you know, I've come full circle on this. By the way, he dove and made a catch yesterday. It's incredible. Wasn't that? And that was a hell of a catch, too. <laughs> but he dove to his left. He's always seemingly was always diving across his body. Um, but you know what? I've been, we've been killing him for yes. don't dive, don't dive, don't dive. He finally, he, you know, and he hadn't been, and yesterday he did, and he made a hell of a catch. I just, you just got to keep that bad. So to answer your question, you want to keep Castellanos? Mm-hmm. Yes. You want to keep, I mean, what can you, Wilson Contreras? Because you have Caratini back there. Yeah, and I don't know about Luke Croy. I know that they're real excited about a kid they've got in the system. Okay. In fact, I read a piece, and he might still be a double A, so he might be a ways away. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to move something to get something in return, I mean, Contreras is a two-time All-Star. Back-to-back years, he's been an All-Star. Can you get a haul for Chris Bryant? You could. You could. I mean, it, it, it's he was almost... Really, he was really good defensively this weekend. Mm-hmm. Offensively, I mean, he flew out the right field seemingly every at-bat. They need more help. They, the, uh, the bullpen needs to be fixed. That goes without uh-huh. saying. The rotation is old. It is... And Morrill comes off the book, so at least they get a little bit of break little there. relief there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much financial... You know, there was such a conversation, and, well, it sounded like for a long time, the reason that they were able to go out there and make the move to bring in Kimbrell... Because, well, it didn't, Zobrist, yeah. it didn't seem like Zobrist is going to be right. back. So they were able to make that work. I don't know if you're looking for flexibility, you're looking for financial flexibility going forward. Maybe you do have to do something big. Mm-hmm. I think you do. I and think you do. That means a Schwarber or a Bryant. Probably not a Rizzo, I still don't think. No, I don't think so either. I think he's the face of the team. Yeah. I do think he's the face of the team. I think it's Contreras at the end of the day. Contreras? He might be the guy um, because he's worth something. You'd get something back in return. He's still relatively young. Um, you'd, you'd get a return for him. I don't think Hamels comes back. I don't. I think of the start, mm. the five starters right now, I think he's probably the odd man out. Um but what else can you get? I mean, well, and that's the thing. Cubs fans will say, Happel's not bringing in nothing. Yeah, Bodie's right. not bringing in nothing. And that's Russell's what they not say. Yeah. Nothing. Those are the guys that, well, we'll trade them off. And we'll, you're not going to get pieces for that. Right. You're going to get bit players that are either backups, mm-hmm. fourth outfield types. Or a guy that uh, whoever drafted him thought he was going to be better, and now they're, they're making him expendable. Right. That's what you're going to get back. Six-inning bull, six bullpen arm. You're not going to get a closer out of this. You're not going to get... What fixes it unless you give things up? That's what you have to do. Going to be an interesting one. Still a lot of baseball, though. Yeah, indeed, there is, and uh, but it certainly doesn't look as though this team is a playoff team. All right, um, NFL from over the weekend. I guess we should touch on the luck thing very quickly. Um, I was not surprised that there was blowback. I wasn't surprised that a portion of the fan base reacted as they did mm-hmm. uh, because there's a-holes everywhere, right? right. And that's just... Um, and, you know... Th- th- Their fan is short for fanatics, and that's what these people are. The fact that some of them are now asking the Colts to refund their season tickets. You buy you buy your season tickets to see the Indianapolis Colts, not the Andrew Lux, not the right, not the Andrew Lux, not the Indianapolis Lux, the the Indianapolis Colts. Um, But just the people that you know with the the quit take, Dockage, Gottlieb, yes. You know, these guys just, uh, Steve Berline piling on today that thinks he did his teammates wrong. Well, I haven't seen one of his teammates have that take. Ursay knew. I mean, this just didn't happen driving 
to the stadium on Saturday. It's not like this just popped up out of the blue. They had to have known. There were reports out there that they've known since just after the draft that he was thinking about walking away. Trent, I get it. I get it. He couldn't go on. He, he, he lost his passion for the game. You don't want your quarterback out there that doesn't ever want to be there, for crying out loud, that's you know cringing because he's about to be hit or doesn't want to take another shot again. Andrew Luck is a tough SOB, man. He went through a lot. Oh. And then the list of injuries that he went through throughout that time. Did did you see just the number? This is a guy that played through. He, he was peeing blood. Yes. I mean, he, Stop right there. That's, you don't have to go any further. His kidney was lacerated. He was pissing blood. He had a complete reconstruction of his shoulder. Important part of throwing motion mm-hmm. is your shoulder when you're a quarterback. Right. And finally, last year, Trent, for the first time, they addressed the offensive line for mm-hmm. the first time. And Quentin Nelson's a hell of a player. He's a rookie. Yes. You know, that they, they're going to be better, that line. Uh, what did the number drop to? I saw that there was one of the place, one of the books in Vegas reacted. They, went, they had it at 10, the over-under, and dropped to 6. That's Whoa. free money if it's six. This team is going to win. Jacoby Brissett is going to lead this team to more than six victories. I think so. It's got to be more than that. That had to be a bad number. Well, I mean, I could see it drop in a couple of games. Let's bring up the William Hill Sportsbook app. Which, right by here. the way, I guess is um, is is good to go for every device now, right? I yes. Mean, I think Apple set. It is. I'm looking through. The Colts are back on the board. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half. Yeah, that's 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 more like that's it. That's a fair number. That's more like it. Defense yes. got a lot better last uh-huh. year. They're way better. Took a huge step. You mentioned the offensive line. Brissett is capable. Okay, I think. Yeah. Not going to wow you. No. He's had some moments. Right. But think back to the, um, you know, since since the Colts got to training, oh, he's got a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the, the, the injury changed over the weeks. I mean, it, it, it was a calf go, injury. It was a calf injury. Then it was a high ankle sprain. Then he's got a broken bone in his foot. It just kept changing every yeah. single week. So as you think back now, they had to have known, right? Something yes. was percolating here. Absolutely. Yeah, if you think this is something and a decision that he came to just out of nowhere, that this is something that in the last couple of days he just decided upon. No. This has had to be lingering for right. a long time and going right. through that. And how many times have we just heard athletes talking about going through these kind of steps when you're all alone. When you're going through rehab, you're not with the team. Mm -hmm. You're doing your thing, and it takes away that camaraderie. And what makes sports great, that's gone. It's you. It's a trainer. It's getting right. And doing it it once is one thing. Doing it another second time is, uh, but keeping going year after year. I mean, he he missed a whole year for crying out. He's come back player of the year last year. Um, I guess I don't understand it, Trent, but to each their own. There's, you know, people out there that had that take and getting booed off the field was just it, tough it to was see. Disappointing. It, disappointing. it really was. Not surprising. Nope. But tough and to see. And it wasn't the entire building. It's not yeah. like Colts fans painting with that broad brush. Yeah. There were a few idiots in the crowd. Of course. And there always are. There always will be. Yeah, that's and no going few to idiots happen. in the crowd. When uh, when Favre got hit, when, uh, who who hit him? Anthony Barr? Yeah, yeah. There were a few idiots that were that were cheering for that move. Um when Kevin Durant Rogers. got it. Rogers, what did I say? He said Farf. Did I say Farf? <laughs> Rogers got it. Yeah. Um, anyways, the Packers quarterback. Yeah, but I love Farf. 
you know, there's the was Favre coming back Favre to the Colts. Oh, did you see the memes? There, there was pictures of him already in his Colts yeah, uniform and everything else. Sign I wish up. he could. I wish he could. Uh, I love the I love the Favre era. Um, wherever he was, not the Jets necessarily, but man, Favre was fun to watch. Um, not going to happen again. But anyways, um, you know, fans boo. Yes, and not all of them. Some of them, and uh, those folks hopefully got up the next morning and feel bad about it. I uh, doubt that that's the way it is, but hopefully they'll come around one day and see for what. Look, I'll never, I'll never forget when Sandy Koufax retired. He was at the, I think it was twenty-seven and seven or something the year he retired. Really? I mean, he was tearing up baseball, right? Yeah. That's the first athlete I remember retiring. I think. Um, but yeah, he was at the, it was at the pinnacle, and he just couldn't take it anymore. His body was breaking down. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Gal, uh, Megatron. Mm-hmm. Who else? Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yeah. Nine years is all that Jim Brown played. That's all he played. Uh, Mine was a little bit different because it was because of being Bean, but Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett, right. When Kirby and he was Mm -hmm. robbed of the last part of his career. Vision, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. El Presidente, Dennis Martinez, got him a spring training game. He came back, he played, but Vision continued to deteriorate, and he had to retire early. Boy, Dennis Martinez had a nice career, other than that moment. Yes, he did. He he was a good pitcher. Uh The Indians, a few others uh, bouncing around. Yeah. He was a really good player, but I don't know how people can go in. Is it just the part of, I think, just sports talk in general that I don't think either of us really like? The hot takery? Yeah, I don't have to, I you know, Gottlieb, I like Doug Gottlieb. I really do. I like Gottlieb listening to him. I think he's thoughtful. But well, I like he, him on college basketball. Yeah, but when he comes out with things like that, it's like, why? Right. It just, it, it doesn't. We see you. Yes. Yeah. Take the lampshade off your head. We see you over there, Doug. Right. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't get that. My favorite, though, was Aikman coming right back at him. Ooh. He went at Eviscerated him. Eviscerated him. Yes. And there's somebody, I think it was Deitch on Twitter, that's Fox on Fox Crime. Oh, that's a good call. Fox yeah. on Fox Crime. But at the end of the day, who's going to get called to the carpet? It's not going to be Troy Aikman. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, here For people that missed it, i, I got to find his, uh, his quote here because you're right. He absolutely went after him in a big, big way. Aikman, I had it here. Well, he was trending on Twitter when I got up this morning, so a lot of people must have found it for the first time, his tweet yesterday. A total blank take, Doug. What qualifies you to decide how someone should live their life? So you're now the authority on what motivates Andrew Luck. And if his decisions don't fit into what you think is best for him, then you rip him. Guess that what keeps you employed on FS1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Whoa. And Troy Aikman's the guy whose career ended due to concussions, too, in Philadelphia. Yes. So, um, yeah, good. I mean, I'm glad that there was some blowback for that. There should be. Mm-hmm. It's um, look, it's close to the season. He didn't quit. He didn't play. He didn't play at all in the in the preseason. He wasn't going to play. The writing had to be on the wall. People had to have realized that in the locker room, I would think, yes. right? There might be a couple people that are just have blinders on and don't understand yeah. it. And that, we'll have luck back here this yeah. season. I mean, that's what you want, obviously. Yeah. I get why Colts fans on one hand are... Look, they, they thought that their team was this close to getting to the pinnacle, right? They were the favorites in the division. They if, were going to be a big, big player. And if you were not going to pick the Patriots or the Chiefs in the AFC... And precisely. Find a team that's got a little value to them. And that was the Indianapolis Colts for a lot of people. It was. I think myself included, we probably said that at some point uh, during the offseason, that this team looks as though they're ready to make a run. And you can't bet the Patriots because they're too short of a price. Mm-hmm. And the same way thing goes for the uh, for the Chiefs. 
So if you're going to find one to back a little bit, maybe that's the one that you can get. Because they had to be 12-1, to 1, I would think, to win the AFC before the injury, didn't they? Uh, it, it was shrinking. Where, was that, it really? that number was, was down. I think it was 8-1. Eight eight, was it really? Yeah, at least probably middle of the summer, something like that. That mm. I think it got to its lowest point. Now, you can't take the Chiefs. You can't take the Patriots. Who wins the AFC? You can't take the Chiefs. You can't take the Pats. Well, I would say the Chargers, but I haven't yeah. been impressed with the Chargers in preseason. And Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon. What's happening? Have you heard anything? I want to uh, ask no. Frank Schwab about that. Um, the, the last I heard, it's not going to get done prior to the regular season. And even if it got done this week, is it going to be done in time for him to play in week number one? I find that hard to believe. Right. Um, is there a team in the, in, in, the, in the East? I mean, do you go Browns? No. No, you can't. No. I mean, you don't just go from the Browns to, no. and now they're going to win the AFC. You can't take Cincinnati. The Steelers no. are, I don't know, I think their window's closed. Uh, but they look good last night for what it's worth. Tennessee didn't look like, they looked awful last night. The third choice right now, William Hill, the Chargers at 7-1. to one. Still the Chargers. How about the Jags? What are the Jags? 15-1? to one? See, that was my pick to win it last year, right? Remember that? I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year. Ravens at 17-1? to one? Can you trust Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson to yeah. win a Super Bowl? Uh, just to get there. This is just to win the FC. Still a step away. Mm, Texans seventeen to one. I think there's too many. There's too many teams in that division. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Jacksonville. You love. You went. Down I, that was, road last yeah, year. I did go. I died on that hill last year, didn't I? I'm going Texans. Texans just because of Deshaun Watson. Who's going to run the football? Just because of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it all. Yeah, he's going to have to. Yes, he is. He's got receivers on the outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty good defense. A healthy J.J. Watt. Yeah, no, no Jadavian Clowney yet. He's still not yes. in camp, right? Uh, they've got to get some resolution to that pretty quickly, you would think. I don't know. Um, I'm sticking with the Jags. Steelers are 10-1. to 1. Are they really? See, that's just a public team. It is. Don't you think? Yeah. That that's why I don't that think those are true odds for the Steelers. No. They're I'm more in that 15-1 to 1 range. Uh, what are the Cowboys? Boy, oh, they to win good. the NFC? Yeah, they look good the other day. Oh no, you're 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 jumping into this I, preseason. I, I mean, preseason football's dead. No, I know it's awful, Trent. It's awful preseason. Yeah, this has been the worst year by far. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Something's got to be done. Mm-hmm. Something yes. has to be done for this because these people are paying big money to see guys that are going to be in the XFL. Well, we're selling cars. You you saw that Thursday night with the Packers and playing in a 80 yard field. Right? Did people- they not realize where the goalposts are in the CFL? Until they got there? Oh, hey, we got to do something here. And you know who got, and I hated that because you know who was the, you know, took all the, oh, Winnipeg. Right. Yeah, Winnipeg. They can't get it. Look, it's a a dump. No, I shouldn't say that. It's really nice to live there from May till August. (laughs) Maybe September. (laughs) The days are dwindling, is what you're saying up there. (laughs) Right. But it's it's a tough place to live. But I hated the fact that this was the NFL. This is on them. It's not on where the game was played. They rented their facility. Here, you take it. To win the NFC. To win the NFC. What are the Cowboys? The Cowboys are 15-2, to two, plus 750. Mm-hmm. There are four choices at the top that are all the exact same right now. All 11 to 2. All 11. Okay, so let me let me get this number right. Uh, they're all 11 to 2. Well, the Saints are one of them yep. for sure. Absolutely. The Rams are one of them for sure. You got those. The Bears are one of them for sure. Yep. And I'm missing one. So let me, I don't want to go, hang on, don't tell me. I'm not going to go Eagles. Is there a, I don't like Carolina. Um, um, 
<clears throat> Vikings? It was the first team you said. The Eagles. Was it the Eagles, huh? So all plus 550, those four teams. Then the Packers and Cowboys both plus 750. Mm-hmm. The Vikings at 9-1 to win the NFC. Seahawks 12-1, to Falcons 14, and then you get down into the dregs from mm-hmm. there. But uh, four favorites in the NFC, is that... Is that? I, I hope not. Yeah? I hope not. I hope there's a little drama to it. Yeah. Um... I like the I like this Cowboys team, Trent. I you do. I'm starting to come. And I picked the no Eagles Zeke. to win the division a couple of about a month ago, but I'm starting to come around. Maybe no Zeke. When's he back? Well, I think it's going to be similar to when Emmett Smith came back. Two they, games, yeah, right? When they, do you remember that Monday night yeah, football against the game? Vikings? Is that who it was uh-huh. against? I just remember at halftime. Pretty sure it was against the Vikings. Him talking, yeah. and they they cut away. And what was it? Was it Al Michaels was doing the games then? Try. But they cut to him, Probably. and he was sitting, I think, in Arizona or wherever mm-hmm. he was living at the time, and just talking to him, and they got the deal done shortly after they lost that football now, game. Now, see, I thought he came back against the Vikings. Maybe that's what, what it was. What am I confused at? But two games is what he sat out. Yeah, and there it was wasn't that Monday very long. Night game, it wasn't very long. And he said his piece, and Jerry Jones said his mm-hmm. piece, and then they figured it out. Mm-hmm. they got to figure that out. Well, they got a lot. They got a lot of figuring out to do because they got three guys that need to get paid on right. that on that football team. And I'm sorry, Amari Cooper, you're the odd man out. Right, you're a good player, uh, but those other two kids, they moved the needle. So does Dylan Montz. He'll join the program next. Uh, long conversation uh, with Dylan Montz coming up next. He has the Matt Campbell teleconference uh, shortly after eleven. But they got him uh, part of uh, Iowa State's final week of preparation. Matt Campbell met the media. We'll opine on that with Dylan next. Um, as Miller and Condon continue, we're on Des Moines Sports Station. It's coming up on ten thirty on fourteen sixty. Fourteen sixty KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 11, uh, 1035 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hour from now, we'll talk to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Prior to that, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports on the NFL. But right now, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com is where you can read all of Dylan's stuff. And boy, oh boy, we'll be glad you did that. They put out a ton of work this weekend. It's now online, but that special football section, Dylan, you guys put a lot of work into that. How are you, Dylan Montz? Good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you too. And it's I've been working on it for for quite a while now, dating back to uh, you know maybe the middle of the summer. So it's nice to finally have it all put out and absolutely and for people to read. Absolutely, I'm probably back to when to Dallas uh, media days. You started uh, you know formulating your thoughts. Is that when it goes back it, to? Yeah, I had I had kicked the tires on some of the ideas for yeah. the stories before then, but that's when you kind of start the reporting in earnest. So, yeah, it's been a while. Good stuff. Well, Dylan, let's get into the team. I know Matt Campbell uh, met with the uh, media uh, on Friday. You're about to, you know, a half an hour or so here. I'm on the uh, Big 12 uh, teleconference that uh, is uh, still a thing. The Big 10 has done away with theirs, but the Big 12 uh, still has theirs on Monday. I guess maybe the biggest takeaway to me, and I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, is, you know, we talk a lot about the, the running back battle and for whatever reason we talk about all we talk about Nwango and Sheldon Crony seems to be the guy at least you'd think he'd be the guy that would get the first carry but here comes Johnny Lang who I guess is making a big big statement uh in fall camp might he be the guy that emerges at least as the starter for what it's worth yeah so it's been kind of an interesting camp because uh, we talked a a ton about the running backs and I I kind of been saying that I got the sense that they would grow, go with Crony just because of 
is you know him being a senior and some of the experience he has and and kind of um he's he's built more like a prototypical running back so you think he'd be more well-rounded but really it sounds like um you know johnny lang Brees hall and even kanae nawangu um before he got dinged up in that first scrimmage were kind of the guys um that had separated themselves a little bit there um but now it sounds like it's johnny lang and Brees hall and um, you know, it, it was kind of interesting hearing Matt Campbell talk about Johnny Lang on Friday, then going back to some of my notes, maybe even from Big 12 Media Days, uh, the way he would talk about Johnny Lang and him finally being healthy for the first time in camp and how well he can run the ball, he can catch, and he's an improved pass blocker as well, which are obviously all the things they're, they're looking for. So it's maybe not necessarily a surprise if you go back and, and kind of look at some of the things that had been said earlier, but I just kind of lean crony just based on um, – him being the older guy in the room and, and, um, and, and kind of, like I said, maybe all the well-rounded aspects of his game. Well, speaking of that running back spot, a couple of true freshmen already listed on the depth chart with Hall and Brock. What are the other true freshmen that you expect to play against you and I? And with the caveat being, of course, the rule that went into effect last year, freshmen can play or anybody can play up to four games yet still maintain their redshirt status. Who do you expect to see out there on Saturday? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there'll be a ton of true freshmen that have their red shirts burned this year, but one guy that we've heard a ton about is Kimani King in the secondary. Um, it sounds like he's been really impressive and he's athletic and, and kind of the way he, he was able to go out and, and kind of cover some of those wide receivers that they have. So I, I could see him. Um, Corey Settle on the defensive line is a guy that, um, you know, has been brought up, although um, that's a pretty deep position as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd say those are probably the two of the main guys right now that, that had kind of stood out. And, and Matt Campbell had mentioned some um, on on Friday in his press conference. So I, I had to go back and kind of look at all, all the different names he said. But those, uh, Kimani King is, is probably the, the main one that was mentioned. And he's been brought up, I think, every single time true freshmen have been talked about. Uh, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com uh, for Dylan and the entire paper over there. The receivers, Dylan, the incumbents, Deshante Joan and Tariq Milton seem to have their have their spots kind of uh, cemented, I guess. It looked as though they were going to be two big, big uh, players in this uh, this edition of, uh, of Iowa State football. Might we be maybe mistaken when it comes to that? I'm not saying that, you know, that they're not going to play. They're both going to. But as we talked about last week, there's so much depth uh, in that receiver's uh, room. I mean, Petway and Shaw and Skates and Wilson has been one of the real talkers. And, and maybe it's just because those are four. Uh, uh, Jalen Martin, another guy. Um, maybe it's just because those guys are new. Well, was, uh, well, not Skates isn't new, but you know he didn't play last year. Might that be the reason that uh, the incumbents aren't getting the, uh, the buzz surrounding them like you would anticipate it? Yeah, it's almost kind of like what's happened with Brock Purdy this camp. It seems like we haven't really. That's a good point. You no, know, we've we've talked about him when necessary, but we haven't really talked about him a ton right. relative to how we've talked about quarterbacks in the past. So it's probably part of that effect where they're so well known that you just don't talk about him as much because the intrigue of the younger guys or the newcomers kind of takes over. But I think both of those guys, like you mentioned, I cemented is, is maybe a, a really strong word, but I think um, they're, they're pretty solid in those spots. So just because they're, they, you know, Milton is maybe a good fit for the outside and Deshante Jones can fit in the slot. Um, but then I think uh, the possibilities are endless when you throw in Wilson 
um, when you throw in skates, when you throw in Petway, and then you talk about Landon Acres in, in the slot as well, and then that's not even mentioning the tight end. So I, I think it's just all those other names and, and faces have kind of drawn attention away from the, the, the guys that have been here, but that's not to say that they're not uh, solid in their, in their positions on the field. Dylan Moss joining us from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, uh, Saturday it was announced the five captains for this year. No surprises, I don't think, in there. Maybe the biggest surprise would be Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's what my take was. As as a sophomore, Mm -hmm. being uh, voted one of the captains here. But responsibilities, what do you know about captainship? It's something that we talk about from time to time. What does it involve inside the Iowa State football program? Yeah, so, I mean, they're obviously going out on the field for the coin toss and stuff, and um, you know, they, they keep a lot of the captain stuff in house. I think they vote. Um, I think the players vote on him and then Matt Campbell names them or he takes votes into consideration and then he has final say. But, uh, really, I think it's, it's just kind of the guys that have maybe, um, you know, earned the respect the most. I don't know exactly what their, their responsibilities were other than, you know, on the field pregame. But, um, yeah, Ray Lima, Marcel Spears, Greg Eisworth, Josh Kniffel, and Brock Purdy were the guys. And Lima's a two time captain now. And, um, you know, he's kind of, you know, as much as Brock Purdy even commands kind of that um, that respect. He doesn't talk a lot, but if he says something, it, it really carries weight. So having uh, all those guys uh, really kind of fit the mold, I thought, and, uh, you know, none were surprising. Uh, the pre-fall uh, depth chart, uh, pre-fall cap depth chart is still up. When you guys, and, and we all get to see the UNI depth chart for the first time, which I anticipate would be in advance of Campbell's press conference tomorrow. It'd be nice if it came out today, but we're probably going to have to wait until tomorrow for it. Will there be any surprises? Will there be any guys that, you know, prior to camp that were at the top of that depth chart that when we see tomorrow and compare and contrast that, oh, there's a change here. Might there be one or two of those, Dylan? Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, maybe the secondary is a little bit more solidified. Um, maybe a couple names switch around in the cornerback spot. Um, you know, wide receivers, maybe the, some of the oars drop off there. Um, uh, running backs, maybe Johnny Lang and Brees Hall are kind of talked about as being the guys. Mm-hmm. And there's not oars between all five, although, um, you know, the, the, that's kind of been the case in the past is once, once there's an oar, they kind of, tend to leave it there but you're not you're not really sure so i i don't think there will be any you know huge wholesale kind of changes in the depth chart um but maybe just some refining or um you know rounding off maybe who the top two guys are at some of those positions that go you know three four deep so it's you and i this week the panthers come in kind of varying degrees of uh, preseason expectations i think i've seen them as high as number six in one of the polls out there low as number 24 in another one a good program at the FCS level, but this game, it just feels different than what we talked about in the past when you and I come in and Iowa State hasn't been at the levels they've been the last couple of years. Your expectations and what do you expect to see out of the Panthers on Saturday? Yeah, so they've named, they named a starting quarterback, which is um, you know kind of the one thing that a lot of people are waiting on in Will McIlvain, who's a, uh, I think he went to Des Moines Lincoln, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, so he was actually a preferred walk-on candidate at Iowa State at one point but then ended up getting uh, interest from Northern Iowa and ended up going there and obviously has won the quarterback job. So uh, it, I think for Iowa State, the, the key is just to, to play well up front uh, because it's going to be kind of your first test in figuring out how well the offensive line can click together, the defensive line being aggressive and strong, and um, you're going to need that against Iowa, obviously. So it's kind of like a, a you know a first, first foray in, into the
into that a little bit and affecting McIlvain is, is going to be key. So, um, yeah, I think it's just coming out aggressive, strong, and, and trying to establish some sort of flow or rhythm in the running game um, that can all kind of carry you and, and give you a foundation, at least going into the bye week and then Cyhawk week. Who's the most irreplaceable player on the, not named Brock Purdy uh, on this roster? Might it be, might it be Iceworth? Yeah, I think that's a good candidate. Um, Ray Lima, I would uh-huh. throw up there too. Um, and, and there's some depth, uh, you know, on the defensive line, like we've talked about. Right. But after Ray Lima, you know, you have Jamal Johnson, I guess, who you can feel good about. So maybe I would lean Iceworth. Um, I mean, there are guys back there that you can trust, like, uh, you know, Lawrence Wise played a lot of football. Braxton Lewis has played a lot of football and um, done it at all three spots in the secondary at safety. So, uh, you know, there are guys back there that can maybe fill some sort of void, but he's probably the guy that kind of holds it all together and and playing in the middle is obviously so important. So that's that's probably a good call. I'd go with Iosworth. Speaking of, of irreplaceable, let's take quarterback again out of this equation here. If injuries crop up with the position group, which which concerns you most? What do you think what position group has the least amount of depth right now? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I probably I probably go with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's because of um, you know, you have experience up front there. Um, even if the guys haven't always, you know, gelled in necessarily the way you want them to, you have guys that have played a lot of football. So and they have they have a little bit of depth with a guy like Sean Foster, with Trevor Downing, with Joey Ramos. But, um, you know, the, those the, obviously the true two redshirt freshmen haven't played um, a ton, and then Sean Foster's been kind of up and down as well. So uh, if you start to lose guys on the offensive line, I think it, it makes it really tough. So that's probably the position I'd lean to because even wide receiver, um, there are a lot of faces there running back. There's a lot of faces back there. Um you know, the secondary, even though that's kind of a little bit of an unknown as well, I think there are enough guys back there that you can maybe kind of come in and fill fill a void a little bit. But um, with the offensive line, uh, with how important that position is going to be to having anything work offensively, um, you know, I, I'd probably lean that way. And maybe Colin Newell might be that guy because captain of the offensive line means the gets everybody in the right alignment. Um, what's behind him at center? I know nothing about Schweiger. Yeah, uh, I think he's been a guy that's been in the program a few years now. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, played sparingly, I guess. Um, you know, they, if something happened to Noel, they would probably have to really um, reconfigure the line. Maybe mm-hmm. they'd have to move Julian Good-Jones back to center because mm-hmm. he's done it in the past. Yeah. They'd have to bring Sean Foster in probably to start on that side. Um, you know, maybe Trevor Downing enters the picture and Josh Kniffel moves to right tackle. I mean, there's a it, it would change – the, the look of the line drastically, but you'd, you'd have some of the similar faces, but they'd be in, in totally different positions. So uh, having him stay healthy and, and produce um, like he started to in, in the middle to later, later part of the year mm-hmm. last year is, is going to be huge. Uh, have you, uh, and when will you go on record, Dylan, as far as your uh, season long forecast? So uh, the plan was to do it today. I don't know if it's going to happen today, maybe tomorrow at some point. That's the hope, but uh, the early part of the week is, is kind of the aim right now. Good stuff. You think you'll learn anything from Campbell's teleconference that you didn't learn on Friday? Uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we learned a few things. You could read between the lines on, on some of the different position groups and things like that, but hopefully now that it's game week, um, we can really kind of decipher maybe what, what it's going to look like on Saturday. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. Dylan, we'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Yep, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com.
If you're an Iowa State fan, uh, make sure you click on AimsTrib.com or buy a copy of the paper, darn it. There you go. Buy a subscription online. Why wouldn't you? Yes, the way to do it. Travis Hines, a terrific basketball writer. Travis Hines is a good writer, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think basketball is a strong suit, and Dylan Monson and the entire team uh, over there. We'll take a time out. We'll come back and finish the hour. It's 12 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Wherever you get your podcasts. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes here, the first hour of the week. We are with you until noon, every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. Talking sports with you coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes at about 11.35. Trent, back to Andrew Luck, but a different angle of the story. Were you surprised the blowback that Adam Schefter got for breaking a story of this magnitude and how many people thought it was unfair of him to steal the spotlight from Luck's press conference, which I guess was going to happen on Sunday, but he got the scoop and there are people out there that thought he should sit on it? Really? I wasn't surprised that there was blowback, but normally I hear stories like that and I'm pretty dismissive of them too. The guy's just doing his job. That's what he's supposed to do. He is a newsbreaker for ESPN. I do think there's a little more validity than normal with this one. It, it did feel that it did feel different. I, I don't, I can't exactly wrap my mind around why it felt different, but it did feel different. Just to me. the fact that he broke it, you mean, or yeah, just how it went down, the timing of it, all mm-hmm. these things. I get it. Adam Schefter is doing his thing. Right. I think that's where the focus of the Yanks should be should be pointed is who gave the scoop to him. <laughs> right, exactly. Who in the Colts organization yeah. let the cat out of the bag? Ursay. I mean, I mean, you have to wonder, right? Who was it? I mean, I get it. Andrew Luck was still on the field. It was awkward for him coming off the field, and he for he was forced to do an impromptu press conference. By the way, which he just crushed. <laughs> I mean, the last thing he thought he was going to be doing on Saturday night was facing the media and mm-hmm. telling everybody and breaking as many hearts in that city as he did. But he just crushed it. Uh, I was on the NFL Network. I'm glad he switched over from the football game to watch at least some of it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, blame blame the person that that, uh, got in Schefter's ear and told me I got one for you. And it's a big one. It's a big one. one This is the biggest stories we've seen in yeah, a shocking story in sports. That's I mean, Tiger Woods winning the Masters was a really big story. Mm -hmm. This was a different kind of big story. Because if the story would have came out Saturday night, all right, he's out for the year. That's big. Mm-hmm. He's out for his career. It's bigger. That's bigger. That's right. that's why it was so blindsiding. It wasn't out for the season, mm-hmm. and that would have been its own level of, of angst and highlights and everything else in between and people talking about it. It's over. Yeah. This was a guy destined to be a Hall of Famer, destined mm-hmm. to win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. As good a quarterback as there was in the league, Trent. And never came to fruition. It didn't. It didn't. Um, What might have been, Mm -hmm. you know, and the Colts given up, not that Peyton Manning would have been there, but this is the kind of player he was. Right. I mean, they, they walked away. They turned their back. They cut, they cut Peyton Manning for Andrew Luck. This was this, this was this can't miss a player coming out of college football since who? Since a guy who wore that uniform in the 80s? Can't miss prospect. Can't miss quarterback prospect. Peyton? There's one. Yes, good one. Excellent one. Excellent one. Top of the draft. Mm-hmm. 
proved to be mm-hmm. everything that you'd hope for. Elway, likewise. Yes. And that's where I was going. Trevor Lawrence next year. Oh. If the pundits are, or two years. Yes. So 2021. We still got Tua pund- to come out this year. We got Tua this year. See, he doesn't get the buzz as Trevor Lawrence does. Um, but yeah, man, Andrew Luck was a can't-miss pro. They cut Peyton Manning. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game because they had to have, they sucked for luck. And it was the right decision. It was the right decision. Indeed it was. I hope you'll come back uh, for the 11 o'clock hour. We will be here talking to Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com on the BMW of Des Moines guest list coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, and Scott Darkman from The Athletic. Miller and Condon are with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.